Well, hello, hello. It's episode 284. Happy December. Oh my goodness. Today we're chatting about the three-pronged approach to avoiding cancer and creating a healthy environment in your body. Terrain, immune, organs, and detoxification. How highly processed and packaged foods affect the immune system, diversifying your gut flora, whether paleo or primal eating is enough if we want to avoid cancer, and a whole bunch of other things. If you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com or you can just look in the show notes section of the app that you are listening to this episode on. Just click on those little dots or wherever you go for show notes and you'll find all the resources and extra calculations and stuff. Our guest today, Dr. Melina Roberts, shared a calculation at the very end of today's podcast episode and I actually included that in the podcast show notes that you could see it there because we were both confused like is it this is it that and then so I just thought it would be helpful and Dr. Melina thought it would be helpful to put it in the show notes. So Dr. Melina Roberts is a naturopathic doctor, author of Building a Healthy Child, and founder of Advanced Naturopathic Medical Center in Calgary. She is recognized as one of the top biological medicine practitioners in North America and is a lecturer for the Paracelsus Academy. She is a leading authority in the field of naturopathic medicine, specializing in biological medicine, effectively treating digestive issues, chronic diseases, and cancer. Dr. Roberts is a graduate of the University of Waterloo and the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto. She did a two-year postgraduate study in biological medicine with Paracelsus Knick in Switzerland. She was selected as a TEDx speaker for 2020. If you want to delve deeper into this conversation... You can find Dr. Melina Roberts by going to advancednaturopathic.com. And today's show is sponsored by Perfect Keto. You can go to perfectketo.com slash KDP, use the coupon code KDP at checkout for 20% off everything, plus free shipping, plus until the end of the year, that's the end of December 2020, you're going to get a free nut butter on orders over $80. Okay. And this is like, great. It's like all the amazing things all in one. If you're like, I don't know what perfect keto is. It is so incredibly wonderful. <laughs> you just need to go to perfectketo.com and check it out for yourself. Some of my personal favorites, I really love the MCT oil powder. I personally prefer the unflavored version so I can add it to literally everything and nobody in the house knows. <laughs> so that's my tip for today. Okay. Without further ado, let's cut over to today's interview. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Melina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
Yeah. Okay. So I'd love for you to just share with everyone who you are, what you do and what you're passionate about. So I'm, I'm Melina Roberts. I'm a naturopathic doctor and really I'm just passionate about helping people to get well. So I like to help people on that journey of increasing their wellness. And, you know, for me, that's been a a personal path of that. You know, I was a kid with really bad allergies and eczema. And when I was 13, I went and saw a naturopathic doctor and they were able to clear up my allergies and eczema. And that really inspired me to want to follow this path and be able to help lots of people be able to improve their health. Awesome. And what kind of clients do you work with now? Like what's your go-to that that you really love? (laughs) So what I see a lot of in my practice is I see a lot of people with um, digestive issues. So I'm working with a lot of gut health and improving that. And then one of my other passions in terms of what I work with is um, seeing cancer patients. And the road to how I got to treating cancer patients is that when I was in second year at the naturopathic college, my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And this hit me really hard. And I just started doing a ton of research into natural ways to treat cancer. And it was amazing because there was so much information out there on treating cancer. And I, I had no idea that there was so much information out there. Unfortunately, we lost my dad nine short months after diagnosis, but that really propelled my research. I started you know, coming across so many important answers. And when I started practicing, that became really the focus of my practice was uh, treating cancer. And you know, as I treat cancer, I start to realize, you know, what you have to be working on with every patient is you've got to be working on improving their diet and improving their gut health. And that's, you know, one of the major foundations of getting their health into better balance. So that's, that's how, I, how I ended up with my focus in terms of gut health and chronic disease and cancer. I'm so sorry to hear about your dad and that you really took that as propelling to help other fathers, I'm sure, and all sorts of people to not experience what your family had to go through. Yeah, yeah. So I know it's, it's an unfortunate you know, situation, but um, that was definitely why, because I think that if that didn't happen in my life, then that wouldn't have been how uh, my practice evolved. Who knows, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so are all cancers the same and do they require the same sort of, like, I'm assuming that most women listening to the show today have not experienced cancer and the C word is really big and we want to yeah. avoid it, right? Yeah. Like, but are we doing different protocols? You know, if breast cancer runs in our family, are we doing different protocols than other sorts of cancers? It's sort of like there are pillars of here's how to support your body so that we don't have to experience this. So in general, like we're, we're treating cancer in similar ways because to me, there's really definitely different components of cancer. In order for you to have cancer, you know, like we all have cancer in our body, but in order for it to manifest in our systems, we have basically there's deficiencies that they're happening in our system. One is that we have a terrain in our body that allows cancer cells to be able to grow. The other one is that we have an immune system that is lowered, that doesn't protect us enough against 
infectious disease as well as cancer. And then the other one is that our organs of detoxification that, that they aren't working at their best. And if they're not working at our best, then toxic loads are actually staying within our body. So whatever cancer patients I'm working with, I'm working with improving that terrain, improving their immune system, working on getting their organs of detoxification working better. And the other component of it is that, you know, cancer is, is more of a metabolic process. So we need to change the metabolism within our cells so that our body isn't using glucose as a fuel and that we can switch it over so our body is better able to use those ketones. And what we know about cancer cells is that cancer cells, they thrive on glucose and that they're not able to use ketones. Enter in the ketogenic diet and the miraculousness <laughs> that is, is keto. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And that's why I love what I do. And I'm sure you do too, of switching that metabolic process and just watching yeah. things just completely shift. Now, should everyone be on a ketogenic diet because everyone's concerned about <laughs> cancer? Where do you kind of draw the line with your patients or recommendations that you can provide? So I always kind of try to lean people towards keto. In, um, so to me, in terms of how I define health, is that health is your body's ability to be able to adapt. And teaching our patients how to become metabolically flexible, no matter where they are on their health journey, is extremely important. So that metabolic flexibility is being able to use glucose when needed and use ketones when needed. And what we're realizing is that about 80% of the population is metabolically inflexible. So we're not able to use those ketones. So for sure, um, you know, I think that, you know, some of my patients when they're first coming in to see me and they've really never even heard of naturopathic medicine, you know, we're, we're easing people into it. So I kind of see where they're at and I let people, but really what we're aiming towards is we're aiming towards helping people to become metabolically flexible. So whichever way we can do that. But sometimes, you know, it's, it's just starting with removing gluten and then we do removing grains and then we start to, to help people to become uh, more metabolically flexible. So yeah, it depends on where they are on their journey, but yeah, we need to somehow get people to become all become metabolically flexible. And the better we can do that, the healthier our population is going to be. Yes, yes, yes. I couldn't agree with you more. And 80%, um, you mentioned 80% of people are not metabolically flexible. I actually had a guest on a couple of weeks ago that said it was 92%. And you know what? I don't doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, like, so it was a, a US study. And I forget when that was, I, I've cited it in some of my talks, but yeah, I, I'm sure it could be even higher. <laughs> You chatted about the three things, the terrain, immune, and detoxification. How yeah. does keto kind of fit into all of that? Or is it only part of it? Can you explain yeah. a little bit more on that? Yeah, it actually falls into all of those parts, to tell you the truth, um, because you know, in terms of cleaning up that terrain. So the, the way I describe that terrain is that all of our cells need to be healthy. And in order for them to be healthy, they need a healthy environment to live in. So the, the, the analogy I love to use is that if you have a plant and that plant is 
unhealthy, what you do is you don't do anything to manipulate the plant. You change the soil that that plant is in. And when you change that soil to a healthier terrain, then that plant just regains its health. And part of that is going to be um, removing a lot of those processed foods and toxic loads that are congesting up that terrain. And, you know, and uh, the ketogenic diet does a great job of removing a lot of that processed foods and, um, and all of those preservatives that are really affecting how that terrain looks. In terms of that immune system, you know, diet has such a huge component to how our whole system works because 80% of our immune system is housed in our gut. So if we can clean up that gut space, then we can improve people's immune systems. So that plays a big role. And then in terms of getting our organs of detoxification working better, again, like I'm a big believer in that, you know, when you do the ketogenic diet, you need to be doing it with really clean foods. I think that's some, that's, you know, that I guess the term always gets kind of thrown around in terms of clean keto and dirty keto, but I think we really need to be mindful of the foods that we're eating and taking in those cleaner sources of fats and making sure that we are not using those industrial oils and that you're not replacing replacing your pop with a diet pop because that diet pop even has like artificial flavors. So I you know, when I'm saying keto, I'm saying that it needs to be a a cleaner version of that, because that's going to be making a big difference in terms of our overall gut health, and also decreasing that toxic load in our system that allows our organs of detoxification to be working better. So that's the other part of, you know, educating people on, on how to do keto in, in a really healthy way. And I love that you said pop, and I haven't heard this word in quite some time. For all Americans listening, it's soda. And that just yeah. made my heart so warm. You're saying that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the can- Canadian thing. part. Yeah. yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And my next question was going to be, okay, so if we are supporting the immune system, what is your thought on the dirty keto, lazy keto? Because I see yeah. this all the time and everyone's focus is like, I just need to get the ketones. I just need to get the ketones and everything will be okay. Okay. And what I hear you saying is like, that is a very small part of it. And in order to hit these three things, we need to be eating whole foods and not diet soda and all the slim gym processed stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's the way I promote it is that it it needs to be a clean version. So we're removing you know, I, I, I like to talk about like putting those those clean fats in. So we need to be talking about, like I talk about grass-fed organic meats and that we have like avocados and coconut oils as, as your clean fats. And that we, in terms of those sugars, that it's not any, none of those artificial sweeteners that, that tend to go in. And even some of those keto products that are out there will use a lot of those artificial sweeteners. So we got to be even careful with things that are labeled as keto. And, you know, and even in terms of those proteins, you know, like people could be eating, 
eating hot dogs and diet sodas, right? As your and and that might get you into ketosis, but that doesn't mean you're healthier. So it's yeah, it's it's a real education part of of what is really promoting our health and and even though even though that might be getting you into ketosis, that's not um, promoting long term health. Completely. I've said this since the very beginning, and it's always so nice to have guests on that agree, (laughs) you know, that ketosis and ketones are really powerful. um, But if we're generating them through foods that aren't going to help the terrain, that isn't going to help build the immune system, and will in fact affect, negatively affect the immune system, and does not help with organ support or detoxification, you can only go so far with the ketones. So it's really good to hear your approaches that way. And When it comes to immune, this is like a big word right now, immune system, immune system, a lot, very similar to how people look at their DNA of like, I'm just, this is what I have. This is what I'm given. I can't really do much about it. Can we chat about the role of immune as it relates to avoiding cancer or just getting to a point where, you know, we don't have to be sick all the time and, and what's the role in supporting our immune system and working to avoid cancer? So another big area of research for me is the microbiome. And so that's that ecosystem of bacteria and fungus that live within our digestive tract. And in terms of that gut flora, that the more diverse and the more in balance that gut flora is, the healthier we are and the better and stronger our immune system is. So that means our body's defense mechanism is really strong. And how we contribute to that microbiome is really by the foods we eat. And one of the big challenges is that sugars and grains turn to sugar, turn to the grains will turn to sugar rapidly in our body. So when our, when we're consuming those kind of foods, they feed the unhealthy bacteria and we get an overgrowth of really the unhealthy bacteria and that can affect our terrain. And that's one of the great benefits of the ketogenic diet and and even a paleo diet is removing those grains from the diet so that we're not getting that overgrowth of fungus and bacteria in our digestive tract, which really throws off our immune system. So to me, those, those are huge factors. And then, and then what we want is we want to have, um, we know that those fats can actually help to support and grow some of those healthy bacteria in our gut. And then we know that the fibers from our vegetables can help to grow that healthy gut flora. And we also know that um, things like collagen can help to grow that healthy bacteria. So, So by the foods we're choosing, we are helping to actually rebuild a good, healthy microbiome, which is going to help to make our immune system a lot stronger. Really good point. And you mentioned vegetables and fiber. I'd love to pick your brain on macro intakes and kind of what your feeling is around this. Because again, within the keto space, we think ketones are king. And if we eat 20 grams of carbs, then we'll get in there and we'll be great. What is your thought on supporting the microbiome? I feel like we need a lot more than 20 grams of carbs in order to support that and get enough uh, fiber. But what's your what's your feel? 
So I think that there's a huge bio-individuality in terms of that percentage, um, because I know that like uh, for my personal journey um, into keto was, you know, I was doing, I'd been doing like paleo and I'd been doing paleo and I'd been doing some intermittent fasting for a long period of time. And then when I started learning about keto, I was like, oh, well, I should be able to like easily get into keto because I'm doing this kind of diet and I should be able to easily transition into it. And so then I start checking my ketones and honestly, like it took me like a month of following the diet and then playing around with like how much vegetables I needed because I used to eat lots of vegetables and a small amount of protein and I just couldn't get into ketosis. It took me about a month of doing that. And so I know for me, I need a, a bigger amount of protein and um, a smaller amount of vegetables in order to get into ketosis. But then I also think that you need to do a bit of a cyclical ketosis where I feed my microbiome, you know, one to two times a week with an increase in having a bit more of those vegetables. So it's so strange, right? But vegetables and those uh, which feed my healthy gut flora and maybe some fermented foods will push me out of ketosis. And I'll do that maybe for a day, but by the next morning, I'm back in ketosis. So to me, it's it's really it's really bio individual. And yeah, I think your your percentage of fats. I usually say you know your percentage of fats would be around around seventy five. But I think it really differs for some people because I know some people could have like a big plate of vegetables, a small amount of protein, and they're still in ketosis. But I know for me personally that that wasn't working for me. And so what I always say is that you actually need to be checking your ketones, at least initially, to figure out where you're at. And if you're even if you're even moving into ketosis, because if you're not checking, then um, you could have been me like when I was back doing the, the paleo and intermittent fasting, and I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm in ketosis. But but I wasn't at all. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been there completely. Uh, yeah. And then I went into ketosis. I'm like, what is this? No, I've yeah. not done this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I was like, I was like, Oh, okay, this is where it's at. Yeah. And like, you know, that feeling where, where, I wasn't, yeah, the, the, what, what people were talking about were like, yeah, like I am not hungry and I can actually go a period of time without eating. Whereas like I used to, you know, have to eat all the time and I was hungry all the time. So yeah, that, that concept of it was, was pretty amazing to me. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Yeah, and I'm glad that you touched on the bio-individuality and also um, something that I've noticed as being in keto now for six years is that it changes. And so okay, if yeah. you've been doing keto for a year or two years, the thing that you did when you first got started, as you're building up your metabolic flexibility, I, I can get w away with a lot more now yeah. than I could in year one. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I see that like as that evolves, right? As, as you become better at becoming metabolically flexible, then, then you're, yeah, you will shift into it. And that's, and that's, I think that's sometimes the challenge is like when I'm talking to people who've been doing keto for a long time and you're seeing what they eat and yeah, you realize, okay, well, they can do that because they've been doing keto for a long time. But when you're first getting into it, you know, like it, it's it's way tougher to shift that that metabolism um, in your body. And like, yeah, I know I, I experienced that personally when I went through it. And and I always say that like I need to like I never ask my patients to do anything that I can't do myself. And that's why I, I do all of these diets myself. Right. And people are like, Oh, like I do all the diets that I get my cancer patients to do. And so then I'm able to tell them my experience and I'm not telling them exactly, you know, how you're testing for ketones, how you're testing for blood sugars, right. And what they should be at. So I think that that's also important is that you're not just reading it in a book and then telling people what to do. You're actually experiencing it yourself. Yes, completely. And that way you can um, ebb and flow with things that just don't work or things that are too challenging. That's a sign of a really good helper, you know, like a really (laughs) good professional that just, you know, is willing to go that extra step for the client. And it really does pay off because you can relate to them and explain what works and what doesn't. So that's awesome that you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think that because then I would be like, I don't know why you're not in ketosis and it looks like you are from eating, you know, like eating the proportions that you're eating and you just have to figure out that you got to like even change that slightly and you'll, you'll get back into it. So, and it sometimes just takes some time, right. For your body to now figure out how to start making ketones. What's happening. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you feel like paleo is enough? And because you mentioned like going grain free and sugar free, and I mean, it's so close I know and it's, it is and it's so pretty close. low carb. <laughs> is it enough? Or do you feel like the extra step of going keto really is the magic sauce? You know what? Like, I think that, I think that if people can do paleo with some intermittent fasting and they can shift their body into ketosis so they have some metabolic flexibility, then I think it can be healthy. Like, so I'll take, like, for example, my daughter, you know, I'm checking my ketones and she's like, oh, well, I want to check my ketones. So I check her ketones and she's not on a keto diet at all, but she is on a paleo diet. And what's interesting is that she was in ketosis. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're in ketosis. And like, I'm having such a hard time getting into ketosis. And what, you know, what you realize is that if someone has a healthy metabolism, that they will actually easily get into ketosis. And so I think that if people can eat paleo and like do some intermittent fasting and are able to be metabolic, still are able to be metabolically flexible, then, then that can be enough for some people. But um, I think on the most part, most people aren't metabolically flexible and that paleo isn't enough to shift them into ketosis. Brilliant. And I, I did a continuous glucose monitoring month where I ate primarily keto um, for 28 days, but then I'd play around with like paleo friendly foods and see what happened. And oh boy, like what a difference from eating paleo and then 
experiencing drops in my glucose where I'd get hungry. Even if it was a drop of like five to 10 points, it would drop down and I would get hungry or making paleo waffles with not even any syrup or anything, just cassava flour. And my number spiked up to 180. And so it was really interesting to kind of put things together because as somebody who used to be paleo and I eat paleo-ish now, mostly keto, but you know, sometimes it's just as you become more metabolically flexible, you're going to say yes to a white potato sometimes, (laughs) you know? Um, But even just to see like the reaction that my body has to sweet potatoes versus white potatoes i mean sweet potatoes it skyrockets no matter what i mix with it but white potatoes it's like steady and so it's really interesting so that's the bio individuality right like how your metabolism reacts like yeah i i'd like to try one of those continuous glucose monitors too just to see (laughs) oh it's so fun and exactly it it gets you very um on plan because you know yeah. that everything you eat, you're going to see it on your phone and you're like, Do I really <laughs> need this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you realize like, you know, like when I was doing paleo, I, I would eat like these almond coconut chocolate chip cookies. Right. And right. Which would be paleo, but still like, I'm sure that would just throw off my blood sugars and yeah. And make it so that that I wasn't metabolically flexible, that, you know, I was more insulin resistant. So it would be, yeah, interesting to know how my body's doing metabolically. Completely. It's it's yeah. definitely worth it. I actually shared it in episode 279. If listeners okay. want to go back and listen, it was really fun. I would highly recommend everyone try it if they can. And I'd be interested, Melina, if you do try it, um, let me know how it goes because it's okay, so yeah, fun sure. to see how, how people... <laughs> people's body respond. Now, we've chatted a lot about diet and the practices around that. And what I'm really taking from our conversation is metabolic flexibility, (laughs) metabolic flexibility. (laughs) And keto definitely allows us to do that. Now, is there anything outside of the food that we're eating? We've chatted about lazy keto, dirty keto, all that stuff, but outside of the food that we're eating, which also contributes to terrain, immune and detoxification, like lifestyle stuff or anything that screws us in the end? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big believer in that we need to, we need to be doing all the basics in order for us to be healthy. And so diet is a huge part of it. Drinking lots of water is a part of that. I think that sleep plays a big role in how our bodies work and how our um, metabolism works and um, and how our hormones are in balance is, is sleep. Um, I, I check my, I have the aura ring, so I'm a little, a little obsessed with checking my sleep <laughs> on a regular basis because I think that that's so important for how our systems are functioning and, and the better, higher quality, deep sleep um, will play such a big role in, in how our bodies are even able to manage our blood sugars and our, our metabolic health and in our hormone balance. Sleep plays a big role. The other one would be exercise. So, or any sort of movement. Um, Sometimes people are a little intimidated by the word exercise, but really like our bodies are designed to move. So we need to be, um, getting out, moving our bodies, um, as best we can and, you know, ideally we're getting outside, we're getting some fresh air, we're getting some vitamin D as we move our bodies and, 
and breathe in some fresh air. You know, they, they've shown studies that have shown that people who exercise actually have a more diverse um, microbiome. So, so that's a, a huge reason to make sure we incorporate exercise into our diet, uh, into our lifestyles. Yes. And, and then the other one is always stress management. So do, doing the best we can in order to, to keep that autonomic nervous system in better balance. I think we live in a, a pretty high stress world and trying to do our best to be able to effectively manage that stress is going to play a huge role in, in how our bodies function. Um, so also like not being as stressed out about about those numbers um, in terms of when we do the keto diet, don't be too stressed about it. You know, you can do it as, um, as more of a, a game and just a learning as a learning opportunity to better understand how your body is functioning and don't stress about it. And if you go off course, then you just get, get back on, get back on the plan and, and don't beat yourself up about it. So yeah, that to me are, are some of the, the basics to, to getting your body into better balance basics and so challenging to do uh, you know yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it takes it takes a really long time and even now it's only occurred to me in my in my personal life that whenever i have just a couple of minutes even just getting up and moving my body or like doing some jumping jacks or jumping outside yeah. for like 2 minutes you really don't need a lot if that's all you have. And yeah. there are times in my life where I'm like, ah, I can't commit to a 60 minute or 90 minute workout class and I'm just not going to bother. I don't know why. Just recently I was like, man, you can just do it in chunks, like three minutes here, five minutes there. Who cares? Yeah. Just move. Yeah, um, so exactly. I'm glad that you mentioned that also. Yeah, I think that's, that's a big component of, of making sure that we keep our systems as healthy as possible. Awesome. And so for women listening, they want to avoid cancer. They've just heard our whole conversation. What are like three things, assuming that these women are on a ketogenic diet, because most of us are, um, that we can do like right now as a summary of what we just chatted about, they can like move forward with their health. Three things that people could be doing. Yeah, so I, I think that we have to um, focus on that gut health. We need to make sure that our, our gut health is in, in better balance. So part of that for me is that um, we're going to be feeding it with um, some good, healthy, um, we can do it with some natural probiotics. You know, we can do that with things like um, kombucha and sauerkraut and kimchi are some great um, natural probiotics. And then we need some prebiotics, which are, you know, the foods for your healthy bacteria. And mostly you can get those from fibers from our vegetables, but they're also showing now that um, some of the fats and some of the collagen can also help to, to feed some of those healthy bacteria too. And so, so I'd say that, you know, focusing on gut health is, is a huge part. The other thing I really talk about in terms of making sure that keto works really well for people, it's because it's such a high fat diet, we actually have to really focus on a, an, a little organ of our systems called the gallbladder. And the gallbladder, I know often doesn't get very much press, but it's so important for helping us to properly metabolize our fats. And it's a big part of our body's detoxification organs. So we need to make sure that we are 
taking some steps to ensure that our gallbladder is working well and that bile, because what the gallbladder is doing is it's storing bile and then releasing that bile in a really like time-released fashion to release that bile in order to allow us to properly metabolize our fats. So we need to do things that help to support bile flow. And some of those things can just be like bitter foods help to support bile flow. Um, Choline helps to support bile flow. And what also needs to happen in terms of um, supporting bile flow is that we need to make sure that we're not taking in enough of those fat soluble toxins. And then if we are taking in fat soluble toxins that we're having binders with it, I know that's a whole topic on itself, but to me, like doing some gallbladder support is going to help the, the body to be able to, to function well. And then, um, like I think that one of the things that the missing pieces that initially I I wasn't doing was that, um, and I was talking to one of my one of my friends about it, and I I was you know I was I was doing I'd been doing keto for a while, and I said you know you know I said you know I'm one of those people who does keto and doesn't lose any weight, and I know it's not all about weight that there's so many other benefits to doing the ketogenic diet, and she said to me, well, what are your or what are your blood sugars at? And I was like, well, I check my ketones, but I don't check my blood sugars. And so then, so then I started checking them and I started to realize, you know, I wasn't actually, I was actually like insulin resistant. I wasn't, you know, I, those blood sugars weren't moving that well. So I would suggest that, that people check, you know, you check your ketones. Cause I think that most people are doing, you do keto, but I would also suggest like adding in that you also check your your blood sugars and look at them and in, in relationship to each other because I think that that also plays a big role in trying to get your body to be functioning better is is checking those checking those blood sugars as well as your ketones and and looking at those ratios against each other and see seeing where where your system falls. So, yes, so I couldn't, those are I couldn't, some, some couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. And especially with the glucose piece, cause I'm just so passionate about this right now yeah. and just seeing how it all works together as a system. I think oftentimes we can think of our body as having just like, this is this and this is that, and they don't interact, but it's all happening all at the same time. And it's definitely not in a vacuum. So it's good to have data that you can pull and, and kind of get the bigger picture of what's happening. Yeah, for sure. And in looking at, um, you know, that uh, it's called the GKI, so the glucose ketone index, and know, learning about that and seeing that like when you have that kind of lower ratio, so you basically want a one-to-one ratio of the ketones to the glucose, the closer you can get to that one-to-one ratio, you know, that's going to be better at your body being able to to fight cancer or any sort of chronic disease. But I will tell you, it's it's challenging to get to. <laughs> right, it's challenging to get those those ratios at it, um, and that's. But you know, that's what I'm working with with a lot of my cancer patients is trying to get those ratios down. And you know, the better we're able to to do that um, with the keto diet, and sometimes I'm adding in uh, a lot of times I'm adding in some exogenous ketones with my cancer patients in order to get their ketones higher, and then getting their blood sugars down. And sometimes we have to incorporate some fasting in there to get those those blood sugars down too. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's measuring and, and figuring out that, that our, 
trying to just get that metabolic health in better balance. I love that tip. And I do have a question then. Would it be um, like a millimole per liter? Uh, it's been a while since I've worked with the metric system. So you're referring <laughs> to like metric glucose and metric ketones, correct? And like yeah, if it's so 5.6. Yeah. yeah. So if you do it, yeah. So if you do it, like the Canadian system is that, yeah, it's all, both in millimoles per uh, liter. But um, it, with the US, you just have to, I believe... Um, I'm going to forget this. I think it's like divide it by 18. Yeah. Take that glucose, divide it by 18 and then, and then divide it by those ketone numbers. That makes sense. That makes sense. And <laughs> I'll include, but I'll include a calculation yeah. down below. Cal- yeah, thank you. <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah. Cause I was trying to do it in my head while you were talking. I'm like, that is, I have never heard this, but this makes so much sense. And yes, a hundred percent. So I'll include yeah. a calculation down below. I know it's pretty simple, um, but yeah. it's just been a while since I've done it, but that is brilliant. I love, I love that approach. That is so wonderful. And then you're really just seeing that as your ketones increase, you know, by doing things like exogenous ketones or even fasting, fasting will increase the ketones and lower the glucose. So you kind of get, there are levers basically that you're getting to pull with different actions. So that's great. Melinda, where can people learn more from you, connect with you? Where can they go to find out more about you? So my website is advancednaturopathic.com. So that's the best place to find me. And then my um, social social uh, media is uh, doctor. My handle is Dr. Melina Roberts. So that's that's the best place to find me. And I uh, I'm always like putting in a lot of like health information onto that uh, site and just lots of information that you can get in contact with me or uh, find out all about what, what I'm doing. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. This was a blast getting to learn from you. And I know that our listeners will benefit from a bunch of the things you've shared. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> appreciate being here. Great. Next up on the podcast, we have on Sunday, December 6th, episode 285, Dr. Jessica Petros. I'm brand new to her work. I found her literally a day before she came on the podcast. And I was like, where have you been all my life? You are brilliant. She's on the show uh, discussing parasites, heavy metals, viruses, mold, and all sorts of things on our ketogenic diet. It's a great conversation. It's really going to make you think. It made me think. It's going to be a good one. So until then, have a beautiful week, and I will see you next Sunday. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.